Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Ashura Konigsberg, and today we're studying Sachim Hay, page 5. Today we're looking at Amud Bet and a discussion of the understanding of the verses regarding seeing, owning, and finding chametz. This discussion starts with a brayta. We are taught, for seven days, barley shall not be found in your houses. This is from Exodus 12, verse 19. But isn't this already stated, as it says in Exodus 13, verse 7, you should not see barley and you shall not see chametz in your borders. The question at hand is why does the Torah seem to repeat itself, and what extra laws can be drawn out of the choice of words? Because it says you should not see your barley, but you can see the barley of others and fall on high, understood as a reference to the temple. Based on that understanding, can one hide their own chametz and accept a pledge of chametz from a non-Jew? The Gemara is saying, I get that you can't have your own chametz, but what if you lend a non-Jew cash and they want to leave some chametz with you as a deposit? But the verse says, it shall not be found. And from this extrapolation, we learn that holding onto chametz as collateral for a non-Jew is not permitted. Now the Gemara pushes the cases even further. The circumstances you describe relate to a non-Jew who you do not dominate and who does not live in your courtyard. But a non-Jew who you do dominate or who lives in your courtyard, how do you know that the rule applies here too? That is what we learn from the second verse that you can't find the chametz in your homes. According to that reading, I only know chametz in your homes. What about chametz that is found in holes, ditches, and caves? How do we learn that this too is prohibited? Because the verse continues that chametz can't be found in your borders at all. For each turn of phrase that seems extraneous, we have learned a new law. You can't have chametz in your houses is there to include the chametz of a non-Jew who lives in your house. And your borders comes to include chametz that is not in your house, but even so is prohibited. The Gemara continues down this path for a while, reading verses literally, and teasing out why and how particular rules and laws are derived. Eventually, we end up back at the beginning part of the Brita where we started. Amar Mar, min said Mar, can one hide their own chametz and accept chametz as collateral from a non-Jew? Talmud Lomar, Boimatzeh. The Torah teaches that chametz cannot be found, and so no, you can't do that. Ha, Marta, Reisha, Shalcha, Iyataro'eh, Avala, Taro'eh, Shalacharim, Shalgavoha. 
Then asks the Gemara, In the beginning, didn't we say that you couldn't see your chametz, but you could see the chametz of others and of the temple? Seemingly a contradiction. Lo Kasha would have an explanation which resolved this seeming contradiction. One case is where you've accepted responsibility, and the other case is where you haven't accepted responsibility. What's going on here? The difference between the two cases is that in the case that says you can see the chametz of a non-Jew, it must be a circumstance where the Jew does not have responsibility over the chametz. She has not taken ownership of it. But in the case where the Jew has taken responsibility, because she has accepted the chametz as collateral, that is prohibited. We are now provided with an example to illustrate the rule. Kihad Rava as Rava said to the people of the house of Mahuza, Get rid of the chametz belonging to the soldiers in your houses, the soldiers being non-Jewish. Why did they have to do this? For if it were to be lost or stolen, it would have been considered your responsibility and you would have had to pay to replace it. Therefore, it is as if the chametz is yours and it can't be in your position on Pesach and so it is prohibited. While all this argumentation may seem extremely abstract, it has a very re relevant implication. If a Jew and a non-Jew are roommates, does the chametz belong to the non-Jew impact in any way the obligation of the Jew to not own chametz? We can learn from our death the exact circumstances are very relevant. If the Jew has responsibility for the chametz, if it were to be lost or stolen or to go missing, the Jew would be partly responsible for it, then it needs to be disposed of before Pesach. However, if there is no connection and the Jew really has no responsibility for it, then the chametz can stay. Though I might add, the logistics of keeping the place closer for Pesach do get pretty complicated. That wraps up page 5. Tune in tomorrow for page 6. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.